Warning, Pro-Tri News is a podcast with different opinions, knowledge and possibly fake news about triathlon racing. This is not for the faint of heart. If you get offended or hurt by what is said, please stop listening and go listen to some uplifting meditation music or just go work out, then try again. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Pro-Tri News. I'm your host, Kyle Glass, joined by Pat Lemieux. Hey, hey, hey. Um, guys, look, I was on the road at 5.15 this morning. The sun had not even come up, and I got my, uh, my three hours in on the bicycle. Um, and then I went to the, uh, the local outdoor pool and played with Stanley. So I'm proper uh, worn out today, but I'm super fired up for this, this show, and I'm, I can't wait to kind of give, uh, you know, get, get right into it. Pat, how fit are you at the moment? Yeah, like you've done a you've done a crit race recently. You're three hours you know on the bike. I did it. Yeah, and I did a two day omnium because I did the. There's a local weeknight criterium in Louisville, which is where I live. And then if you drive 35 minutes south, there's a Wednesday night criterium in Golden, Colorado. So I did the double again. Again, five days. Be done with it. I'm getting it. I'm getting closer to it. Yeah. So I'm going to do that again this week. Um, I've been riding every week. I've been um, eating my vegetables and staying away from the barley pops. And, you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> like it. I'm impressed. Um, yeah. We also have uh, his call tag is MC Hammer, but known to you guys as uh, Mark Matthews. How are we, guys? Busy, busy time in the house. Cat's off from a training camp. I'm off on army exercise, which I've not done in a while got none of the stuff i need so this is a welcome break from avoiding packing i like procrastination that's what i believe in and then talbot cox is joining us how are we keeping let's make this one quick because i'm excited to get back to watch some more world championship track and field and i'm missing it every moment we talk and you leave <laughs> for canada tomorrow correct nothing like being invested in what we're doing <laughs> <laughs> i actually do leave tomorrow and i'm risking it all for all of us, I'm Air, Canada. Air Canada, Air Canada, yeah. baby. But no, Southwest. No, you're, still, you're not checking any bags, right? But I'm no not checking any bags. Well, okay. I take that back. I'm checking a bag, but none, nothing uh, of importance will be in it. Just so, so you I'm a little equipment. smelly. It's just yeah. I'm, I'm carrying all my camera gear. If I'm a little smelly, I'm only taking two outfits in my backpack, so I'll just have to be cycling those. But uh... and just uh, right before we dive into the show, there's two athletes of no importance that are in Canada right now with zero of their luggage. Christian Blumenfeld and Gustav Eden. Brilliant. <laughs> Air Canada strikes again. Do they Air have... Canada strikes again. Tell, but do they have air tags on it? Do they know where the stuff is? I mean... There's no telling, but I do know that Flora Duffy, as she told us, flew all the way to Montreal, drove to Montremblant, came back, and her bike hadn't even left denver airport so who knows And before we introduce the main guest you mentioned about two outfits most of our listeners won't know that didn't haven't you essentially just bought five pairs of the same shorts five pairs of the yes. same like five t-shirts and you just wear the same outfit every, every single day. day every day it's actually <laughs> people can laugh it's actually incredible i don't even have to think about what i wear when i'm on the road i literally wear a black t-shirt and these uh, khaki shorts. Most people like looked forward to getting rid of school uniform. You've just craved for it oh, again. Yeah. Gone back to oh, school yeah. uniform. Well, my idol used to do that. Also known as Steve Jobs. He just wore the jeans True. and the long sleeve black t-shirt. Brian, he did it on. to he did it to eliminate stress and worry of what he's wearing wearing every day. Because, but he's a billionaire, so there's a big difference between him and I. 
but fair. Come on, right, Carl. Let's do the main thing. Sorry. Brad Miles joining us from Lever Running. Brad, how are you doing today? I'm good, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, we wanted to bring you on because you guys earned our social media post of the year last year. And I think it was for the wrong reasons. So I want you to tell us why the right reasons are for people to use Lever Running. Well, first off, is there ever a wrong reason to be mentioned by you guys? So I don't think so. So let's start there. Um, but I think Marcus made the comment around how we were the, uh, I am sort of banged up and injured, but yet I am still going to race this upcoming race post. Uh, but a lot of the pros uh, lasted 2021 season. Um, yeah, so thanks for having me on. I I do want to write the wrong a little bit. Um, yes, we, just going back to what we do. So uh, Lever is a body weight support system. We reduce up to 45 pounds of body weight uh, for those athletes exercising on a treadmill. Um, it is typically, you know, has been used in the past uh, very often for re- coming back from an injury. Um, so hence why you saw a lot of those posts. But the reason why, a lo- you know, a lot of our athletes are still using it in their um, week-to-week training is because of the performance enhancement side. So you're going to keep seeing a lot of posts and don't automatically think those athletes are injured because they're most likely not. Brad, I think that's amazing. Can you give us some context in where's Lever Running based and, you know, kind of what plans you guys have on the horizon? Yeah, absolutely. So we are based in Boulder, Colorado, Um, a great Great place to be in the running community and triathlon community. Um, We started just about three years ago um, and really stems from the fact that uh, I ran in college. So I had plenty of uses with body weight support systems that are extremely expensive um, and really inaccessible for for most of the population, but provides such a great training benefit for those using it. And so when I moved up to Boulder three and a half years ago, my neighbor, who's now my co-founder, uh, and I just started researching different industries that um, yeah, re- really needed a little bit of an overhaul. And this was one of the biggest ones that we found. Um, so we, we created a system that's the most affordable and accessible on the market and that athletes can even travel with all, over, all around the world. Um, so I and- guess it was like a, it was zero G treadmills that you were looking at refining to make them affordable, portable, et cetera, but have as close to the same benefits, I guess. Exactly. Yep. So instead of spending $60,000 or, you know, $100 plus every 60 minute session um, on one of the zero gravity treadmills, our system is, um, yeah, is one 80th of that price. And so we're really providing that benefit to all the athletes that want it at their home. Um, And since we are just a treadmill attachment, we sit on the arms of 95% of the treadmills that are available on the market. Question for you. Why, uh, this is probably a bit intrusive. Why are you wasting your time with runners? Why aren't you banging down the doors at all the rehab facilities across America? So the blessing and the curse of what we do is we have a lot of industries that we work in. Um, and so mm-hmm. we were just at the National Athletic Trainers Association conference a couple of weeks ago. So we're working with athletic trainers in the collegiate and high school markets. Um, we're working, we go to physio expos. Um, so working with a lot of physical therapists um, and then also the re- rehab and recovery centers, like you mentioned. Um, so, you know, so one part of our, uh, you know, one benefit of the design that we came up with is that individual consumers can purchase our system. And that's why, you know, since I'm a triathlete myself, I love this space and I really love being able to 
help and, and benefit runners, um, you know, like they haven't been able to get supported by in the past. How good are you, Brad? You look quite fit. Are you good? <laughs> I'm just trying to keep up with Patrick. Um, <laughs> yeah, trying to stay off of those, uh, stay off of some beer. And um, no, so I've, I've got 70.3 worlds coming up this year. So I'm racing in St. George. Um, I, I'm going to actually be doing, you know, the whole, you know, knock on wood, I'm still healthy. I'm, I'm doing the whole build up to St. George um, with a performance enhancement plan using our body weight support system. So it's going to be really fun. And we're going to, you know, launch some, you know, cool interactive videos along with that. So we, we want to hear some of your collegiate times. Oh man. You know, the, the unfortunate part is <laughs> I, I ran faster in high school than I did in college. Uh, so wow. I was, uh, <laughs> uh, I was wow. a foot locker finalist. Um, I won the Northeast foot locker championship. Wow. Um, nice. and then competed in San Diego uh, for at foot locker. But uh, you know, I, uh, I didn't have the best collegiate career, um, but I, I've really found a home in triathlon and, um, yeah, I'm able to keep enjoying doing what I love, which is uh, endurance sports. I just really like to where you ran that in college. I, I ran at Baylor University down in Texas. So a big 12 powerhouse runner. That's right, yeah. I love that you just took the banter we gave you so well. And <laughs> you've now come on the show. <laughs> like, we essentially mocked it. But not the product, because the product is a remarkably good product. We mocked the way people were publicizing it. But what I've noticed now, like those non-sponsored athletes, the amount of triathletes I know, pro triathletes using one, is incredible. And it's for—is it a lot of them seem to be doing some of their high-speed stuff to try and reduce the injury risk using the the lever system to try and like reduce the overall load throughout the week. I mean, how? What are you finding people are doing most with it? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Um, you know, each athlete. Each athlete uses it a little bit differently, um, but what we're seeing as a really good, consistent theme from, on the performance enhancement side is using it like two to three times a week. You know, one is the day after the long run, just so that you can run some quality miles after a really big session outside. Um, the second is, you know, a later week overspeed session. So, you know, you take 10% of your body weight off and are able to run about 20 to 30 seconds faster per mile on the treadmill. Um, so just neuromuscular, muscularly, that does a lot. Um, and then the third run, which, you know, usually alternates is like a double run. So a lot of our marathoners use it for one of their double run days, um, or even our triathletes use it for like a brick session. So you're able to jump on our system, reduce some weight and hit those paces that you need to or faster without exerting too much, um, on those key sessions. Makes sense. I noticed that you say it takes up to 45 pounds, but there you said, 10% of the body weight. So Talbot couldn't achieve that using your mm -hmm. system. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Now that I think about it, I won't let me count. Uh, yeah, you, you would need about 100 pounds, maybe 20, 30 kilos. <laughs> I got on, a question, man. though. All right, so it, with, uh, without using, I guess, co uh, confidentiality or whatever, can you tell us your greatest success story of an athlete that was not injured that used your lever system to get faster? Absolutely. Yeah. So one of, one of our stories um, that got us really fired up about, about a year into our company, um, company's formation was our customer. She's a marathoner. Um, she, you know, really broke, oh, her body just started breaking down over 70 miles a week. And she bought our system, um, using it from a performance standpoint, started running at 120 miles a week. She did that for four months, uh, used the system three to four days a week to really 
um, add on mileage, but in a healthy, safe way. And she went from 309 in the marathon down to 242 in four months. And so that's the really interesting things that we're starting to see. Um, and that's in the marathon space, but we're seeing that across um, triathlon as well with, you know, 70.3 half marathon times coming down four to five minutes in, in a handful of months for a lot of age group athletes. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, you know what I need to do? I need to get my stride pod, put it on, go get on the treadmill and, and take off 90% of body weight, get on Zwift, set a 5k PR. <laughs> and I'm going to retire. I'm going to run as fast as you ran in college. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're trying to stay away from the Zwift doping. Um, I think that could. You know, oh, that could I see. Yeah. Good. That could negative impact. Yeah. That makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> All right. Brad. I gotta where, go order one of these. I'll where, be right back. <laughs> where's the best? Where's the best place to go buy one of these? How do we? How do we buy one? Yeah, th thanks, Patrick. Um, so you can find us on levermovement.com. Um, you can also learn more about us at Lever Movement on Instagram. Um, and yeah, we have a lot of fun on there. So we'd love for you guys to interact and engage with us. And if you have any sort of discount code or something that we can start pumping to to the listeners. Yeah, we'll absolutely do a ProTry News uh, discount code for sure. Um, and because we love you guys, we'll actually do a 20% discount code. So I'll send that out. Wow. So if you live in hot Oklahoma or hot Texas or basically anywhere that's hot right now, which is the entire world, buy one of these, take it to your local gym, attach it on the treadmill so everyone can look at you weird and say, wow, I need to give me one of those too. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's not only great during the hot months, but the cold months as well. And uh, yep. we're also found in almost every continent uh, in the in the world these days. So we've got a few units in Africa. Uh, obviously, Australia's a big market. Europe's a big market. So um, we ship anywhere. Cool. Well, awesome. Nice. Thanks for your time, Brad. Congrats, yeah, thanks, Brad. Brad. Congrats on it. everything, Brad. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, guys. All right. We'll see, see you, man. So we have a big weekend coming up. With yeah, we do. I mean, PTO Canada Open. This feels like one of the... Is this maybe the second massive race of the year after St. George? World one Champs? of five. Uh, the second of five, I believe, we counted on the show. We had the, St. George. Races we're, we're counting is huge, yeah? Yes. We had, we had St. George. We had Dallas. Then we had... Uh, we had Edmonton. Then we had Dallas. Then we had Kona. Then 70.3 Worlds. We were yeah. kind of counting Collins Cup, but not really because everyone just races amongst themselves. So are we excited? I mean, I've looked at the course and the course looks... Before we get started, before cool. we get started, I want to talk about the B-level race that we had this weekend at 70.3 Ecuador. Where Andy Potts won Oh, that race. finally happened. Yeah, yeah, it finally happened. Well, they do. Just like in the morning was... be like, does everyone want to race today? And everyone's like, yeah! There was protesters, and it was very dangerous to have the race, so they postponed it two weeks. So they raced today. Andy Potts won, Kevin Collington second, and then the women's race, there was only one woman, one pro female that raced the entire race, Pamela Oliveras. I mean, Pamela Oliveras is a, is a pretty good female, though, so she'd probably have won either way. So well, well done for taking home a paycheck again, Pamela. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know how they're going to base the PTO points based off of that since there was only one female in the race, but... No, they just they just do her score based on her time. It shouldn't actually matter. Where right. where where was this? He said Ecuador. Yeah, this isn't where they found uh, Caitlin Armstrong, was it? No, no, no. Uh, I was about to I say must admit, I didn't know she'd been found. I, I wasn't tracking. Yeah, yeah she's she on a beach somewhere. Week. Wow. Hey, hey she got plastic surgery. Stay focused. 
Hey, you know me and those murder mysteries on Netflix. I watch oh, every single God. one of them. I can't wait for this one. Okay. PTO <laughs> Canadian Open. If you don't know, I'm going to tell you what's going on. So we have a three-loop swim, an 80-kilometer bike, four loops, 12 turns per loop, 190 meters of elevation game per lap, and then a four-lap out-and-back run on some crushed gravel and some pavement. And for the people that don't know, the, the distance is 100K. So if you were to compare it to a half Ironman distance, the swim would be technically longer and the bike and run are essentially shorter. It's like for the overall race wise, essentially. I'm sorry, Kyle, was that you said six laps on the bike? Four laps on the bike. Okay, so 800 meters total, not even 800 meters of climbing. No, 190 meters per lap. So, it's so total. seven laps. Yes, yeah. Sorry, so seven sixty a lap or seven sixty yeah. total. Yeah, yeah. So not right. you laps. act like you act like that's not a lot. Twenty six hundred feet of elevation gain over fifty miles. Well, I mean, for for these are professionals. These are these are. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's really gonna. Play yeah, I'm longer. with Pat. This is the stuff. But I what about say... the technicality of the course with twelve turns per loop? I mean, no. it's twelve. No, it's just twelve Nothing. turns per loop. Is not. But that's 20k is like this, but but where it does really help is the ITU athletes. Like, if an ITU athlete showed up in Samarin, Slovakia, and had two turns on a 50 mile course, I mean, it starts to hurt. So, this really, oh, helps do you mean those... like it's a bonus for them to really like they oh, get some yeah. relief on the corner? Yes, up. yes, yeah, that's definitely. A good so, I mean, some of the ITU athletes, like, like Nicola Spirga, I, I feel like that she's not going to lose that much when she races on her, um. On a road bike, she never course. loses that much when she races on a road bike, but yeah, well, true, you know. Tis so, um, well, another one more very important thing a million dollar prize purse. I thought it was more than that, I thought it was 1.5. One million dollar prize purse. First place gets 100 G's, second place 70 G's, third place 50 G's. It's good money. Fourth through tenth place will split one hundred eighty-four thousand dollars, thirty-five thousand dollars for fifth place, and sixteen thousand dollars for tenth place. Eleventh through twentieth will split forty-five thousand, with twentieth place getting twenty grand, and then everyone twentieth through fortieth will receive two thousand dollars each. Twentieth, say that last one again. Twentieth through fortieth place will all receive. 20, What's that total $2, money? Dollars. Uh, that's probably forty grand. Man, can you can you guys just think about that for a second? You get three grand if you win Ironman seventy point three Montremblant. Any yeah, but like Montremblant's not trying to compete with this. Kona's know, trying to compete with I'm this. Seventy point three Worlds is trying to compete with this. Yeah, you know the PTO only have to. They only run two for three races a year right now. And I do have to get. A, I do have to give a pretty good shout out to the PTO because they. Um, there was some people that didn't want to race that were in the top 50 and rather than the PTO just saying, Oh, all right. More people who don't have to pay out. They, they filled those in with um, kind of some replacements. So they, they selected athletes through like 60th place and then people that raised their hand and they were like, Oh, I want a wild card slot. They didn't give all the wild card slots away to all the, all the short course athletes. They, they kind of divided them up amongst the people that had been, racing pretty well your 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 steve mckinnon's of the world your rag of of the world 
um, Danielle Lewis, who'd had a hot season, people that normally probably wouldn't get uh, get the slot. So I do have to give a pretty good shout out to them for for being an athlete first kind of organization. What do you got, Pat? Talbot, give us some context around what we can expect, one, from the broadcast, and then two, from the week leading in and what's going to look like athlete profiles and how they're how the PTO is going to be building this race up. I mean, I have been a part of the media team kind of building into this, and content starts today at actually 1 o'clock. They already launched the first countdown episode of Paula Finley. They will be – uh, pumping videos every single day. You'll be seeing getting media blasted all week. What you're going to see this next week is what probably triathlon should have done a long time ago, and that is advertise a race and pump it up and get people excited, something that we've never seen before in a long time. Outside of Super League, I will tip my hat to them. Uh, they do do a good job at, at hyping up their races, even though they're a little hard to follow, but – I mean, they are going to pump the heck out of these races, and this is the first of three races that we'll see this year. And I did get a message from someone at PTO that uh, of the four races that I said there's going to be next year, the Collins Cup is not one of those four. So they will do five events. Four majors and the Collins Cup will be separate. So this is the only start of what's to come. You, you should see an incredible broadcast on race day, men race, uh, Sunday, females race Saturday. And I believe you can watch those on like GCN Eurosport, uh, all those channels. And then if you're not in Europe, uh, PTO will be launching an app this week, uh, that you will be able to watch it on their app. If you're not in Europe, I think if you're in Europe, you need to watch it on there. So was the PTO email that we got as a password reset, was that spam this week or was that real? Um, They changed their system. So uh, I think that there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of accounts made and they wanted an accurate account, which is kind of cool because if you're following this whole Twitter lawsuit thing, uh, PTO could have actually just said, uh, Oh, we'll just keep all these accounts and we'll ship them all over. But they wanted the uh, accounts to be accurate and true. And they didn't want any like fake accounts on there because they want to be able to get exact numbers for broadcasters, providers, and all that of people tuning in to watch. So it was uh, true. So, should we get yeah. into some picks? Are we really going five deep on the picks, Kyle? No. I don't know why we wouldn't go five deep. I mean, the top three are basically solidified. We can we can laugh and joke. Solidified? Who do you who are you solidifying on there? I don't even know if Gustav and Christian are even going to start the race at this point. They flew Air Canada. You have the two Canadians, and basically everyone's fighting for third place. Canadians? Norwegians. 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 The two Norwegians, and then you could probably say Lionel Sanders for third place. So basically, all all our podiums are going to be the same, so that's why you got to pick five people. As much as I love the Norwegians, you got to show up to the start line, and you got to race on race day. That's why they all race. They don't hand out the prize money before. Mark, give the listeners probably the rundown and the overview of what we believe to be, what you believe to be true for for the coming weekend in Edmonton. Well, so how we think the race will pan out. Yeah. So there's not, so I, uh, there's a rumor, a rumor that there is a very notable Brit 
Mail will be starting as well. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. Yeah. But I've also been with this notable Brit two days before a world championship, and he still didn't start, even though he flew all the way there. Yeah. 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 But if you're currently in the UK and you're choosing to fly to Canada, you you would think you're going to start. Now, I'm not suggesting that he'll win the race or anything like that. Um, But what it does mean, we need that the front of that swim needs to go fast if anyone really stands a chance. So actually dropping Gustav (laughs) and Christian over 2K is quite difficult. Like they they should be there or thereabouts. I mean, their swimming's not been great recently, and it's I don't really understand why if they're going to go back to the Olympics. But the likes of um, Ben Canute, uh, Sam Appleton, people like that will absolutely drill the start of the, the swim. But I don't think they'll get much of a gap. Yeah, and well, and the, and the swim pattern. is a little bit the swim is a little bit longer than a seventy point three swim. So they have, I mean, you're talking about add another 20, 30 seconds, but. They also have Aaron Royal and Henry Schumann and Matt Sharp. Yeah. And I think, I think they will absolutely try and drill the swim, but I just don't see this group staying away. Uh, There's other people that will start to pull through on the bike as well. Like I think we'll probably see the fastest ride of the day come from Frederick Funk. I would expect to see them pull up. Without a doubt. Why why is Talbot shaking his head? I mean, I, I think that you have some. Like, what about Magnus? I think Freddie Funk outrides him over at ATK. Just throwing right. it out there. Especially Let's as Magnus a, You want to make a bet on this one? Yeah, go on. I'll take you, that. I'll take you that, get Freddie Funk, I'll get the rest of the field. And I'll, <laughs> and I'll, and I'll buy you beers in Samar in Slovakia. I don't do well betting with you, Talbot, anyway. <laughs> but I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, I, don't, I don't know that Magnus is still on the start list. No. rumors that he's pulled off. Yeah, I don't think Magnus is racing. I think Same. it's a really hard turnaround from Roth in that amount of time. Yeah. Um, I, I see quite a big group coming in off the bike together, to be honest. I don't see it being split up. I think it will draw to be really quite a big group, probably 10-plus athletes. Um, and then it's a foot race. And I don't see the likes of Jackson Laundry and that actually making that front group this time around. I just think people be so fast. The 20-metre draft rule doesn't help the the group stay together but there's enough strong riders and i think it's a foot race and if, for me I, it's hard to look past both norwegians and i'm i'm with you i think lionel as well i've got um gustav christian and lionel in that order and not much upset fifth, fourth and fifth place i don't care carl <laughs> okay give me give me top american top american oh even worse even worse even worse that's like saying I mean, top european uh, I'm just. Uh, I'm going to get Eric Langstrom. No, I like that. I like that. Eric's had a solid camp. Yeah. Go on then. Is that are we all agreeing with that? I, I mean, see that happen. I I could see that happening. I mean, I think uh, we, we we and I, and I do believe uh, Rudy von Berg did drop off the list. He did announce that he's not coming, which is very unfortunate. Patrick uh, Langer dropped off the list as well. Patrick Langer, Magnus, Daniel pretty unfortunate. I want to, Daniel Backergaard's a big one. Yeah. Did he drop off officially? Yeah. Hmm. When did he announce? Uh, he's just not on the start list anymore. So I'm assuming and he it's, left it's, the PTO now. Is Sam Long not on the start list? Correct. No. Is that just because he's still getting over his trip to Europe? Oh, he's no, racing this I, weekend I, and I'll do his triathlon. Oh, I heard a rumor that he wasn't that he couldn't race because uh, DT Swiss needed his bike 
at Eurobike, so he couldn't come back to race. Nonsense. That's not true. There's no way that he's giving up a hundred grand race. He could have bought a new bike himself with the like with the That's what I said. That's what I said. No, nonsense. Nonsense. This is fake news. The one thing that the one thing that will be uh, pretty interesting, though, to go back to uh, Mark's picks with Lionel in the back. Lionel has no one to ride with. He will be solo chaser by himself. I don't think so. He doesn't I think he'll have, have some people to pull. I think he'll have people. It's such a big field. Sebi, maybe, but I no, mean, Sebi can't ride like Lionel anymore. But Andrew Starkonowitz. Starkey gets out the swim ahead of Lionel. Yeah, Starkey always gets out ahead of swim Lionel. The I just mean with a 20-meter draft rule, it's a bit harder for people to hang on. Agreed. Yeah, so, I mean, but I think there'll be more of that. I think people will just be drilling, like, long groups. The, the, yeah. And there'll be some concertina with all the corners and stuff like that, which we haven't seen at the likes of Daytona. And, and I do see the, aggress- the aggressors on the bike being Gustav and Christian once they hit the front. The, the other thing – here's the thing with the Edmonton and how we'll see the course play out. This – it's not it's not hilly – but these, it is incredibly punchy, and it's a hard 60 to 75 second effort over these hills, and then it's going to be flat across the top when you come out uh, out of transition and then up onto the valley. So, like this is th- that combined with the 20 meter draft rule, um, you are going to see. I think you'll see. A, you're not going to see just a giant pack of of you know of dudes and then ladies riding around like this is gonna this is gonna shatter and the course is gonna be um it is challenging like riding around edmonton is tough Uh, it's not like saint george but it is it is very tough yeah i i do i do think that you are right that christian will be an aggressor but i don't think gustav will be um just from the standpoint of we never see gustav until he's getting off the bike gustav except for for pto except for 70.3 world champs where he absolutely drilled it Gustav's yeah. a better rider, I would say, nine times out of ten over Christian any day of the week. Yeah, it's whether he wants to play that card. He seems to be yeah. quite patient, doesn't he? He, he does yeah. seem to be a little bit more measured. Yeah. Can we, yeah. Can we talk women's racing? Yeah. So the big thing well, for we're, me We're not is... going to go through our picks? Everybody's not going to do a round table? Uh, no. <laughs> I thought we were all agreeing the same thing. Go on. No, no. I, I have to pick Lionel on this one. I'm going to go with Pat. I know he's going to pick him too. <laughs> All right. Actually, Pat. If you paused us from moving on, so you can make the exact same pick you make every single time. That's right. That's right. Um, I've got, <laughs> I've got Lionel. Then I've got yeah. Gustav. I've got Blumenfeld. Yeah. yeah. Then I've got Aaron Royal, and then I've yeah. got Eric, Eric Lagerstrom. So I think, I think my fourth and my fifth are my outliers. Those, those would be big. Those would, be, I think, be tall orders for those two to get fourth and fifth. Um, but I think ultimately. He, Lionel's going to split the two Norwegians. I think realistically it's second. And then I think if it's, if it's everything lines up on the day, he, he takes them both down. Blimey. All right. I, Mark, you know, I don't always pick Lionel. I agree. So I <laughs> you have some more journalistic integrity than Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pick Lionel this, this go around he had a really good camp he's not at 100 percent to uh take down the norwegians yet but i believe that uh there's a chance and then uh i just want to i think a dark horse that it is running pretty hot that did do good at this distance in daytona and surprised a lot of people mr hansen so 
he did a he had a pretty good little race in Des Moines, and uh, I think he's been 100 percent prepping for this in Dallas. So had a good little altitude camp. So we'll see how he goes. Lagerstrom as well, but I think we could see Hansen running his way through the field. Sorry, so your podium is Lionel, Matt Hansen, and Eric Lagerstrom. <laughs> Yeah, we'll say that's my pony. <laughs> no, I'll get that. I'm gonna the Norwegians up there. I'll I'll go KB first and Gustav. But uh, I said look look for Hanson to have a good race. All right. Um, I'm gonna go with Christian first. Lionel's gonna split the Norwegians. Gustav's third. Jason West for fourth, and Joe Skipper for fifth. No chance. Not over this distance. Skipper. I love Skipper. Skipper has one speed, and that's like 635 Ironman pace. Agree. We'll see. And and Skipper knows that, too. Yeah. He he wouldn't get mad about it. No, agreed. All right, let's get a preview of the women's race. So the women's race is interesting because the Before we move on real quick. Before we move on real quick. the The men's podium is Lionel, Christian, and Gustav, like I said, for all three of us. Yeah, obviously. Oh, my gosh. Right. Well, no. All right. I've Women's got, race. I've got Go Asher ahead. Brownlee for the win. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> what, so there's none of the win, none of the podium from the Ironman World Champs is racing this. So you've got no Daniela, no Anne, and no Kat. All three of them have dodged this. Um, just because I think all three of them are looking ahead for... Kona being the big one. Um, in the meantime, they've all raced another Ironman event since, or an Iron Distance event since St. George as well, which is different to the men. So none of the men, Christian, Lionel, none of those have done another Iron Distance event. That's why I think you're seeing them there. All those three ladies have. The big name that is there, though, is Laura Phillip, I would say. I think she's sort of the number one star female at this race is in like the, the I would say the favorite um, and then you've got other notables like Sky Maunch, Emma Pallant, um, Paula Finley, uh, Jackie Herring, Holly Lawrence will be there and then Nicholas Spirig, um, one of the maybe actually an outsider in this event and then it rolls down a little bit more to the likes of Chelsea Staro, Ashley Gentle, it's a really strong field but for me I, I would be surprised not to see Laura Phillip win this given her current form um, and up there contending with her. I've got Paula Finley and uh, probably Jackie Herring making out my podium, I reckon. You don't have Nicola up there. Uh, I'm not sure just how fit she is yet off the back of those injuries, having done yeah. sub eight. I, I don't know. She might she might surprise us. She's one of the greatest of all time. I think she's yeah. my I think she's the greatest female traffic of all time. But uh no. I think uh, for me, I'm going to put Laura Phillip at the top and or her or Paula Finley battling it out. I think Laura Phillip has a chip on her shoulder. She's upset about the point system. She wants to prove that she's the best in the world. Uh, but not only that, this is the first time that we're going to see Laura Phillip outside of Daytona 2020 uh, going up against everyone, trying to prove that she's the best. So it is a lot of pressure on her, but I do feel like that she is uh, ready to finally lay it down. So I'm I'm really excited to watch Flora, Laura, um, and then I'm gonna pick Paula up there uh, for third. 
it's mm, a hard one. I I, I kind of want to say Jackie as well, or or Nicola. Yeah, there is. There'll be a bigger gap out of swim in the women's race with the likes mm-hmm. of Sarah Purasala going full on ballistic at the front of the swim. The gap back to Laura Phillip, you know, could be in the realms of two minutes plus. Mm-hmm. So she will have her work cut out for her. And yeah. I think Holly, Holly, and Ellie Salthouse could probably go with Sarah Perez. Maybe not with her, mm. but stay somewhat in touch. Mm. They, they'll make. I reckon they make up the next group after that. But I don't see. Yeah, I don't yeah. see. Um, I don't see. I don't. I don't, I don't think Ellie and Holly can swim at the level that Sarah Perez can. Yeah. Yeah. That could be true. Um, what about the comeback? Um, Jeannie Metzler making her debut for this year. It's hard, isn't it? It's very hard to come back from the yeah. situation she's found herself in. And form, I know it didn't work with Daniela at the Ironman World Champs, but form is what we tend to go off. You very rarely go against the form book, and she hasn't got any form because she's not raced. So I'd love to see her do well, but it's a big ask, I think. Mark, is it fair to say that the horsepower on the bike potentially is is a little bit lower in this in this race where there's not any like super dominant cyclists and could we see i guess i'd see like i potentially see a lot more movement on the bike in between these groups when i think about who's going to come out of the water first and then the lead changes that may happen subsequent from that afterwards yeah, I mean, very dominant riders. So Sarah Parasalis can really ride the bike, and she's at the front of that race. I think Paula Finley is actually a very, really very good cyclist when she gets it right. But I do agree, like, and Laura Phillip is obviously a very strong cyclist. You're, there, are, there aren't the, uh, the there's no Daniela. There's no, there's no Lisa Norden. There's no cat nowadays, I would say as well, probably fairly. Yeah. So the, there's not someone that's going to be drilling it through the group. I do agree, but it means that it might come together a little bit more. We might have another big group. So because of Kyle, I've got my top five written out here. My picks, I've got hometown. Wait, you you, you probably want to change it because I got to change my third. I'm sorry. Emma Pallant Brown for third. Yeah. I already got Didn't even mention her name. All right. All right. Go for it. Um, all right. Hometown favorite, Paula Finlay. Dreams do come true. She's going to win this big one at home. I think she's. It's it's important to note we talked about the bike strength. She is the Canadian time trial champ, um, and I think that she's gonna. She's an, a great swimmer. She's going to put a time into a lot of people on the bike, and then we'll see what happens on the run. It's a very cool accolade to be your national time trial champ, but how hard is it to win the elite ladies national Canadian time trial champs? Mark, I'll tell you what. You can only win the races you can enter. And Paula oh, completely. Can... I'm not. I'm oh, sorry. I'm not taking it away from her. I'm just saying, is right. it actually an indicator of cycling form? Again, I wouldn't be surprised, be surprised okay. if she. But I will. Let's just say this. How about how would how would that re- result have changed if she would have done the time trial against all of the women that she's about to race in the PTO race on Saturday? I oh, yeah, I don't. Still... I... You think she still wins it? I think she still wins it. No. Hey, when Paula's run, when Paula is not injured, she runs hot. And we did not see an injured Paula going into Daytona. No one picked her for the win other than Barry Shipley because he's Canadian through and through. 
Barry Shipley picked her. She outrode a majority of the field, had an incredible day on the bike, and won it all. This is her hometown course. She's raced here before. Her mother is the freaking race director. It could easily be her day. I like it. I like yep. it a lot. All right. I've got Laura Phillip in second. Emma Pallant Brown in third. In fourth, I've got Ash Gentle. And in oh fifth, my. I've got Nicholas Beerig. What's wrong with that, Cobb? Yeah. Uh, I think we've been uh, a little bit too much on the Ash Gentle Hawk. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought that's what you were saying. And we've been, we've been <laughs> let down quite a bit. So. She wouldn't be in my top five, I don't think. Um, Pat kind of kind of stole my thunder because I wanted to pick Paula for the win. Come on, so, let's get the quick picks done quick. I think it's relatively boring for the listener hearing. All us right, I'm gonna, I'm like gonna say, I'm gonna say, I'm, names I'm gonna say, oh. <laughs> Emma, Emma hasn't really lost a race all year, so I'm gonna say Emma for the win. Second place, Paula. Third place, Radka. It's, I like it because it's niche, but no way. Like she's a super good athlete, but no way. Fourth place, Nicola, and then fifth place, Laura Phillip. Fifth place. Listen here. We have not seen Laura Phillip race against these these girls, and last time she did was Daytona, and she got third place and got flustered and got a penalty. So I'm going to go with Laura Phillip for fifth place. Also, none of us picked an American. Well, Aside from you guys picking Jackie. So, top American? Question mark? I'm Jackie. not. These top American picks, Kyle. You are absolutely killing me. Listen here. I'm an American through and through. And so, I love giving our American shout outs. All right. I, I want to. Yeah. All right. Talbot doesn't want to pick a single American for. I don't understand why we're picking Americans. I'm like, we need to pick the the first UK athlete, and then we need to pick the first Australian athlete. Like, who cares? All right, America. All right. the podium. America. Oh, I'm yeah. all America through and through. Trust me. But who cares? Come on, moving on. I've had enough of picks. We can all right, play. all right. We'll move on. Uh, how you guys can watch the race this weekend? The women's race will be on Saturday at 10:30 uh, Mountain Standard Time. The men's race will be at 12.45 Sunday, Mountain Standard Time. The weather's going to be sunny and warm, so get ready for a, a battle. And, Pat, are, do you have a tech rundown today? Because I, I have something that I would like to ask you and Mark. Yeah, I've got one more two. race. We've got one more race we got to get through. Okay. I mean, That's severely overshadowed. Right. You, can, I, can, I, can I just fire through this? Because it's, it's literally not – I don't know why you would be racing. Take it away, Mark. I mean – we have uh, Iron Man Lake Placid. Oh, oh my God! Kyle's trying to make us do picks for Iron Man Lake Placid. That is not. <laughs> he's, he's got down to three with a bonus slot, right? Uh, in the men's, uh, or oh, in the women's, you've got Sarah True, uh, McQuaid, uh, Zelinsky, uh, Nath taking away uh, Iron Man Lake Placid. Well, there's two Kona slots, hundred grand, actually really quite good money for an Iron Man. In the men, you've got Matt Russell, Cody Beals, Justin Metzler, Andy Potts, and Balaz. So if you haven't got a Kona slot, why not tip up? There's two slots available, 100 grand, decent race. Uh, and it got crazy points um, last year from the PTO, so maybe there's some points to be had. Done. Wow, Done. that was good, Mark. Done, Dustin. That was like a rapid fire. Okay, <laughs> do you want to make picks? Sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I want to go back to a few notes on, sorry, Canada. 
one we we mentioned Jeannie Metzler I and when how she do I think a win for Jeannie Metzler is starting the race and getting through it um I don't I don't like a lot of people really deal with mental health issues it's a really really big thing not I people say right now it's always been a big thing it's been brought to light now so anything that Jeannie can do to finish I believe is a win for her so excited for her to race this next week um moving on to another topic bikes uh Lionel's riding the UCI Canyon bike. He's been very vocal about it. It's more of a get rid of the in-frame bottle. Let's get a little bit lighter of a bike. Not only that, but he's been very vocal on it. It fits him the best. Another athlete riding the UCI version of the bike is Paula Finley riding the specialized UCI version. How important is that on this course? And how important is that in general, uh, Mark and Pat? Uh, so I think there's there's a couple of factors on this. So I think with Lionel geometry might be quite important. I know the uh, the smallest size of the Canyon CFR is it is mm-hmm. in 650 cc wheels for an extra small, which is obviously a no go for a pro athlete. Really quite cool for an age group. I'd consider it if I was teeny tiny. But for an eight, a pro athlete, it means you can't get any service wheels from anyone for a start. Things like top ends, pro tires are hard to come by, etc. So he doesn't have that choice. So there's maybe geometry at play for them. And then there's the weight factor. Um, so Specialized were the first to really start to focus on the weight of a time trial bike because they were finding that the gains they could market aerodynamically were becoming really quite negligible. So they focused on a very light time trial bike. It was also in response to some of the courses that we were starting to see time trials ridden on at World Tours. They were becoming, there was, you know, Pat, Pat was, there's, there's more and more rolling sporting time trials were occurring for the world champs and stuff like that. Um, how much of a factor is it? Uh, I think it's very individual. I think if your average age group are having the integrated nutrition systems and stuff like that is very, very good. Um, for a pro, you know, some of them are only carrying 750cc of water and 500 ml of gels in an Ironman race. So you definitely don't need the integrated stuff there necessarily. That's my take on it. Pat, any thoughts? Yeah, my biggest thought is not specifically to the athletes, but to the industry. Yeah. There is so little demand from customers for these UCI TT bikes um, that you'll see, you know, what Paula has chosen to ride is probably a great bike, but realistically it will not change now for five or six years based on uh, just demands. Right. And there's from the, from the UCI standpoint, there's very little additional aero development that can happen to make these bikes any faster. I think triathlon and time trialing is in a little bit of a precarious spot because for instance, if you're a bike brand, like one of the big five and you can choose, you have a finite amount of group sets that you can order from SRAM or Shimano. uh, You can only, you're trying to put these on the most valuable bikes possible. So right now, what what bikes are being sold the most? Gravel bikes. So brands have to decide, Hey, if I've got a, if I've got available group sets, I want to put them on the bikes that are going to be sold the most. Mark and Kyle, I'm going to get to you guys. They're they're counting. Me and Kyle, me and Kyle are looking at each other on our fingers. The, what the, what constitutes the big five? So I've yeah. got special. Let's just just so hold on. Finish finish in the So so what's happening right now is time trial bikes and triathlon bikes from most brands are totally forgotten about because there's such a um, scarcity of 
bike parts that can actually just go on bikes to be sold. So I think we're in a really weird phase right now where we're not going to see a lot of development in time trial or triathlon bikes for the next four or five years. You're on mute. You're muted, Talbot. I, I have a really interesting stat that I've told Pat this before. Uh, I won't m- mention the, the brand. It's a very notable brand. Of a, I talked to the marketing director there, and he told me the amount of triathlon bikes they sell. I said, how, how, what is the percentage? And he goes, we don't, triathlon bikes don't even have their own percentage. They are mixed into the road bikes. So of their company, which is a very notable company, 40% of the bikes that they sell are road bikes. In that 40% that it makes up of it, only 5% of that is triathlon bikes. So 5% of the entire company's bikes they sell is triathlon bikes. So do you think that they're going to put a lot of time, energy, research, effort into a new tri bike every year? Which yeah, I thought was fair. very interesting. Now I'm going to give you, Mark and Kyle, I'm going to answer your question about the big five. Trek. Trek, 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 Trek Canyon, Specialized. Specialized and giant. Yeah, swap, remove Cervelo and put in Cannondale. What about Ventum? Really? I'm I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Now, Cannondale's are going to shift a little bit because they're owned by Pond, which also owns Cervelo now and Santa Cruz. I'm just talking from a brand that sells $200 kids' bikes to $12,000 road bikes right yeah i haven't seen canada make a since the slice i haven't seen a bike in a hot minute from them right i'm just talking about across i'm not talking about i'm talking about the whole the last time canada sponsored a triathlete the industry so andy dreets um can i I, i've got two more tech pieces um in my Recent re-entry into the Criterium world, I think it was something that I took into consideration was I was, I've been running uh, 170 millimeter cranks. Now that's mainly became a byproduct of that was the hand-me-down cranks I was getting from my wife because she rode 170s. But the biggest benefit I have in that, um, now they're, well, the hip flexor thing for running is, is one thing. But what I've noticed and what I've appreciated more than anything else is the ability to pedal through turns. That's what my hand action was. Ah, understood. Leaning, leaning the bike. That's why so, that's why fixie races race on like one fifties, so they can keep pedaling through. Please the turns. keep pedaling. So I think for those of um, you that have never met Pat before in your life, Pat is a giant and he's like six foot four, and him running a one seventy crank is quite impressive. Probably. Well, both I th- yeah, but more and more time trialing. Like, well, it was a real phase for a while. It's gone back a bit. Like Joe Skipper runs like one sixties. Yep. So he runs he he runs a one sixty crank. Lots of people run really short cranks. Yeah. So I think you know thinking about again, I don't I don't want to over exaggerate the turns that are in Edmonton, but the ability to pedal through turns it does really add up, um, and I think that's something that's interesting. So that's that was one piece of personal tech. The other thing I wanted to note uh, when we speak about, I say all the time, uh, you know, just look at other industries and what they're doing. We've spoken about many times the need for the rules to change in triathlon around drafting. And we sometimes, I think, feel like we're alone in this where the rules aren't adapting. It's been very clear after watching the Tour de France this week 
uh, with Caleb Ewan and his crash that he was stuck in the cars and that the officials wouldn't let him ride uh, in the caravan to get back to the field that actually wouldn't challenge the ultimately the end result of the race. It's very clear that the people in that sport think that the rule is garbage, right? So I want to look at other sports and realize that, you know, they struggle to adopt uh, what I would say the racers and the directors believe should be the norm. So I wanted, I wanted to draw a parallel there with how we feel about the drafting rule in Ironman. Um, I, yeah, I think it's not just, it's not just the physical drafting of the athletes. It's also the interference of vehicles, which we've seen on the Tour de France more and more. I mean, Luke Rose sitting on the front, when they've got a rider, Tom Pickock's up the road, and he's he's waving away the motorbike yep. that's sat in front of the group. And we see this more and more in triathlon now. I'd be yep. impressed if we don't see a bit of it in Edmonton. But again, yeah, it's, it's the institutionalised uh, uh, rules that are so hard to change. And and I, I got into a debate recently with someone about this from Montremblant. And like... I was a media vehicle. I rolled up on the group. There's an official at the back of the group. Then there's an official at the front of the group riding next to, to the leader, which was Jackson Laundry. And then right behind that official, another moto was the wheel guy. And this was a pack of about 10 guys. Why do you think that the wheel guy needs to be with the second guy? It's like, does that even make any sense? What, the, the spare wheels? The spare wheel guy. He's literally up at the front of the, of the group. And I'm like, what are you? What, what happens if someone in the group gets a flat? What are you doing? So yeah. I went up and I told him, I said, you need to ride behind the group. And he goes, he just looks at me and he just waved. And I'm like, yeah, I think it's educating vehicles. I don't know. I'm just like, I just shake my head sometimes, but whatever. All right. Anything else? I'm ready to close this out so that I, we can get this. Yes. Okay. Yes. Run. Everyone needs to go cheer for Muhammad, Mo Muhammad of Canada and Grant Fisher of Team USA. They're going to win the 10K. Actually, it would be incredible if either of them even got on the podium. I'd be so stoked. But um, Grant Fisher's running hot right now. But other than that, no. Go ahead and close this out, Calvin. Well, uh, I really hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. We are really looking forward to this week. Uh, we probably will do an episode this week with a special guest with Chelsea as well. Um, we will upload that a little bit later on in the week. Uh, make sure you tune into the PTO, support the PTO this week. If we want to grow the sport, this is your opportunity to help. So tune in this week. Can't wait for an amazing week. And we will see you next week on The Debrief. <laughs>